What happened? The Ooh. internet. Internet. What is up, everyone? Huh. What? I don't know. It did it again. I want to see if it. What is up? Give a couple seconds. This is going to be a. Did it do it the same thing? Yeah, it just did it again. Mm. Let me turn off the Wi Fi. Hmm. Let me see. Oh no, we're on. Alright. What's up, girl? Let me see. I see mine's on. Yeah, it's on. Alright, let's go ahead and get started on this. The title might have caught you. And we wanted to talk a little bit about why race doesn't matter if you're a Christian. Because you see a lot of things going on right now. With and in this country is really divided at this point in time because of the whole thing about racism and I wanted to talk a little bit about what the Bible says about you as a Christian and how you should handle situations like this because I mean and I don't typically talk about this because there's a lot of controversy around stuff like this so I I typically don't get into discussions like this but I feel like this is one that is really of importance that I feel like could impact if people listen then this could impact the direction that their life would go so we're gonna go ahead and get started if you have your Bibles we're gonna go to Galatians Galatians dun, dun, dun. that song is stuck <laughs> in my head and if you're getting on and you're watching the replay, go ahead and share a broadcast. Share it. And we'll start at verse 3, or chapter 3, verse 18. Three, two. And it says, For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise has been made. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now an intermediary applies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law, by the scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. And I'm going to go ahead and stop right there just for a second. It talks a lot about, you might hear a lot about the law. And I'm going to go ahead and give a brief description of what the law was like during this time before Jesus came. What the law represented was the world. It represented the sin and how things functioned before you people got saved. And what it was is you you had to obey the law to see the blessing of God come upon you. And if you didn't do exactly what the law said, then and, and again, as a Gentile, it was only for the Jewish people at this time. No other person could enter the law. 
Jews only. Gentiles, me, you, whoever's watching, unless we have a Jew watching, which I don't believe we have very many. My mom's a Jew. Your mom's a Jew. <laughs> then this would be everyone. Everyone would be a Gentile. If you're not a Jewish person, you are a Gentile. So they were not welcomed <laughs> under the law. And you could not be grafted into the covenant of God unless you were a Jew and born of it. And then we get to see here what happens, starting in verse 24. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized in Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither no male or female. For all of you are one in Christ, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And this is what I wanted to focus on right here is this part. It says at verse 27, For as many of you are baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, and we are all sons of God through faith. When you receive Jesus Christ, you are no longer of this world. You are of Christ and heirs to the Abrahamic covenant and blessing that God gives you. And I wanted to talk about this. No matter how you were raised, no matter how you grew up, and what disadvantages you see going on in life, hey Mike. Hi. That no longer applies to you. You are different now. You are a Christian. You are saved. So therefore, everything that happened before, whatever privileges people want to say, that no longer exists because now we all have the same privileges through Jesus Christ. It says here in verse 29, And if you are Christ, then you are in Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. What are the promises of God that he gave Abraham? You see that he told Abraham, I will make you rich and you will be a great nation. He gave Abraham many promises that you can see Abraham walked out in. He was a very blessed person. He, was, he walked in abundance. And you got to see from that point on, his life completely changed. And no matter who he was, God used him and he walked in the blessing and promises of God. So now you see that God takes people that no one ever would have thought would have been anything and turns them into the people God uses to impact the world. No matter what disadvantages you had growing up in life. And this is kind of where I wanted to talk a little bit about tonight is, I mean, even with you and I. We both grew up very differently, but now you see that we're even on the same path and, and walk together. And I wanted you to go ahead and talk a little bit because I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in a family of business. My mom and dad both owned businesses. And I guess what you could call like that white privilege, but I wanted to talk about like how it doesn't matter where you grew up. It matters about what you do afterwards and how your own decisions can affect your life no matter how you grew up. And I wanted you to go ahead and talk a little bit about that. That. Question, what was the question again? Like, how were you raised? I mean, you oh. weren't raised the same way I was. No. So, and I wanted you to go ahead and talk a little bit about the way you were raised. I mean, I was raised a Catholic. I went to church every Sunday, and that's what my family did. And my family still does that. That's what they do back in Hanum. Mm -hmm. They all go to the same church and they all go with grandpa and grandma because that's the normal traditional right. thing to do but when i came 
when I could make my own decisions, I decided that I wanted something more than just that, just religion. So I got saved and went to Jonathan's um, revival services, and then I changed my life around. I turned my life around, and yeah, my family, they are hard workers. They work their entire life, and um, I mean, my mom is such a hard worker, but I never thought that I could be a business owner. I never thought that I could um, have nice things. I could even live on my own because mm -hmm. that's not what we do in Hana. We live together with mom, with Papa and Grandma, and that's what we do. We don't mm -hmm. have our own um, place. We don't get married when before having children. That's not the normal thing that happens there. And so when I got saved and I, um, your parents fed into me and they um, just yeah like poured into me and i began to see that oh, wow like life is can be different mm -hmm. for me that, that there's there can be um there's much more than what i know growing up and even when we got married even when we were together it was hard for me to um i don't know to kind of like transform or what you call that like kind of um come away from what i knew growing up and going and live my life differently but just like even mm -hmm. with diligence like i grew up and i when i was in high school and middle school i slept all day when during summertime that's what i did i slept all day and did nothing with my life but now that i know that a diligent person like the bible talks about what a diligent person is they are the ones that prosper they are normally the ones that are business owners because they they put right. their hands to work they don't work for someone else they don't they don't work to see someone else's dream fulfilled they work to see their their own dreams fulfilled mm -hmm. and i don't know there's just a lot and even um spiritually like i've not grown up with um like sex bef we grew up with a um, family that had sex before marriage we that's what we did and that's what i thought was normal the boyfriend lives in the home with the <laughs> and that's fine and that's normal and then you have children and then 10 years after you get married but we didn't i did things differently i broke that um tradition and i broke the um i don't know i pioneered a new way for my family and now i can um my children will reap the benefits of that because right. i've taken the steps i've done what no one in my family has done i pioneered my own way for spiritually I um, am working on my own business, and I'm gonna start that um, soon. And I mean, I mean, let's even just like talk about that for a second. Like, how many people, like, do you know that have actually started their own business and where you grew up? Um, not a lot of people. I mean, could I you mean, agree? everybody now has food trucks and all of that, which is right. That's great, but nobody sees themselves bigger than Hana. Exactly. And I'm but, not like saying anything no, bad because that's, not, that's it's not okay. a bad thing. It, again, it, it just depends on who you are and, and what you're willing to do. But did you make excuses for your life? There was never excuses because I have the same benefit. Whatever you have access to, I have the same 
things exactly. in front of me. I have school. I have the internet. I have hard work. I have the mind of Christ. Now that I'm a Christian, I have that. I have mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit that gives me inspiration and guides me and leads me. And there's no excuse. There's not no excuse. When you became a Christian and the Holy Spirit came and now dwells in you, he gave you everything that you needed. That's what he left. That was the gift that he left back for his children. And that gives you everything that you need. He, he gives you wisdom. He left the word of God so that we can have wisdom. Mm -hmm. There's There shouldn't be any excuse. And there shouldn't be any um, thing that should stand in the way of you fulfilling your dreams. And yeah. it's not about race. It's not about... Um, no, because I mean, about both, who you are. It's not about weight lives. or size or height or any of that. No. It's not. It's about God. God is who no respecter of person. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. God wants to use the person that he's he wants. To, like if you allow God to use you, he wants to use you. And I can give you examples. I mean, just like Paul. Like that's one yeah. of my favorite. Per People complete that, turnaround. Yeah, I mean, if you even look at the, if you want to like even talk about back in biblical times, people with disadvantages, uh, there's a list. I mean, for example, like David was one. I mean, we can go through this. We had Joseph who grew up in Egypt and Israelite in Egypt. Mm -hmm. Daniel, an Israelite in Babylon, not a fair fight. Not a fair fight for Joseph. David was the youngest and the weakest in the tribe. You got that for him. Not an ideal candidate. Not even the prophet Samuel looked at David as someone who could be used. And then, you, I mean, who else did you have? Gideon was the weakest in his tribe. He was from the tribe of Benjamin, the weakest in his tribe, and the weakest in his family. His family was the weakest in the tribe. So you got to think the bottom of the bottom of the bottom, and God says, I'm using you. Yeah. And it didn't matter. Disadvantage or not, when you have a heart for God— and you want to be used by God, no matter the situation, no matter who you are, you can rise to the top. And mm -hmm. it's what exactly what happened with Daniel. Daniel was a captain. Hi, Auntie Jamie. He went, <laughs> Hi. But you, here's the thing about Daniel. Daniel was a slave. He, and this is what I love about the scripture right here that we read earlier in verse 28, 328. There is no Jew nor Greek, no Jew or Gentile, you and me, there's no difference between the Jew and us now that we are grafted in mm -hmm. through Jesus' covenant. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female if you are all one in Christ. There is no difference between you, me, the person next door, or anyone else in this earth that receives Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Yeah. They can have the same opportunity as me. If I become a millionaire through my own hard work and diligence and God gives me the wisdom to do that... You can do that as well. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who I am. It doesn't matter who you are. God wants to use you. And there's no excuse that either one of us could make. I mean, look at this. Someone look who, I mean, I mean, not trying to be rude, but it's like, look at what you can come out of. You can make, change your life history. I had to change my family history. You know, even being in ministry now, my family was in ministry at a later age. I didn't grow up with my dad preaching. I didn't grow up with my family hitting it hard for the ministry until I was already a teenager. But now you have to change your own course. You have to work on your own destiny mm -hmm. and work on your own relationship with God no matter what you were handed. People were handed bad decks in life. I mean, and if anyone plays poker, for example, 
You, I mean, if you play poker, this might make sense. You can win with a bad hand just by the way you handle the cards. It doesn't matter the hand you were dealt in life as long as you're smart with the hand. It may be harder for you. Not saying because if you have all aces, that's going to be a lot easier than if you have uh, nothing. But again, it does. someone may have been handed a better hand in life. Someone may have been given. For I mean, you can look at Donald Trump. He was given two million dollars at the age of, uh, at a young age, to start his own business. Not every, no one that I can think of has that luxury. But again, what if I become a millionaire and I can do that for my kids, mm-hmm. and now they can do that? Yeah, it is a privilege. But what can you do to establish your ne- the next generation ahead of you? What can you do to make your family better? What can you do to make your life better? Rather than just making excuses and staying in the same spot. Because even the Bible, and this comes from the Bible. The Bible says in Proverbs that a a fool waits and and makes excuses and says there's a lion outside. There's someone who will kill me. There's someone who will hurt me. But and never steps out of the house to do work. And what it is referring to is a fool makes excuses that there's always a reason why he can never go outside and do something. And he used the absurd illustration of a lion because he's talking about the lion in the square. People will use absurd illustrations on why they can never make a, a head in life. It's because of somebody else. It's because of this situation. It's because of the cards they were handed. But he says only a fool makes those kind of things up. You have to say, no, no matter how I grew up, no matter what hand I was dealt, I'm going to be the best and I'm going to rise to the top. Mm-hmm. And you see that throughout the Bible. Let me go back to Daniel. He was a captive, he was a slave, brought into Babylon, a slave. Understand that he wasn't a free man, he wasn't a wise man, he wasn't someone that was under the king of Israel. He was a slave that rose to the top in three different kingships. For Nebuchadnezzar, for Nebuchadnezzar's son, and then after that Cyrus. So you got to think, this was a man that rose from three different kings to the top because of the wisdom God had gave him and the obedience to be willing to be used by God. He didn't make excuses. He didn't go to Babylon and say, I guess I'm just going to work in the field all my life and hopefully I can make it by. No, he said, I am going to be the best. And he even challenged the other people that were under Nebuchadnezzar and said, I will be more healthy. I will be more prosperous than any of the other advisors for the king. And you can read that in the book of Daniel for yourself. I'm not going to get into it. And he was, and that got him promoted. Then he interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream before that, when no one else could. He did it, because Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't tell the dream. You had to say the dream and then give the interpretation. Daniel did it. And you see, he rose to the top. God will make a door for you to where you can rise to the top with no excuses unless you make them. God will give you opportunities to be the best. And that's what it says, slave or free. You are in Jesus Christ. No reason. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to have good things on this earth. But it's up to you on how you outlook your outlook on life. You can walk different walks. We didn't grow up the same way. But again, our paths are now intertwined and we will be blessed together because of the decisions we've chosen to make from this point on. And our kids will be blessed because of the decisions that we make. Mm -hmm. And you have to ask yourself that. What am I going to say? What am I going to put aside the excuses to walk that plan of God out of my life? 
Or am I just going to keep saying, no, it's their fault, it's this fault, it's that fault for the reason that I'm in this position? You can go to any society and see excuses on why you can't get ahead. West Virginia, bunch of rednecks, bunch of hillbillies. People say that stuff. Make excuses for who they are. Make excuses on why they can never get ahead. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. It's everywhere. Don't. It's not just one culture. You can go to Hawaii and see it. It's the white man's fault. You can, and they took our land. Okay, you were dealt a bad hand. People in West Virginia want to blame certain things. A lot of people in West Virginia live in trailer homes, but that doesn't have to be your story. People make excuses for where they're at. But is that who you want to be? Everywhere, everywhere you go in the world, people will make excuses for where they're at in life. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're from West Virginia. It doesn't matter if you're from Hawaii. It doesn't matter if you're from Detroit, California. There will be people that will always be around you that will make excuses for their situation. But that's when you have to choose. What am I going to do about the hand I was dealt? Will I just wait and say all this this happened and be like the fool that waited and said there's a lion outside. What if I get killed today? What if I get burnt? What if this happens to me? Or are you going to be like that Daniel? That takes a leap of faith and says, God, I know you have my best interest in heart. I'm giving this to you and I want you to use me. And watch God take you from one level to the next. I was watching this. (laughs) I was watching myself. (laughs) (laughs) You're watching your own reactions? Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, do you have anything... Mm-hmm. Do you have anything? No, that's good. I, I think. Mean, I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> and and it, it's like what? And it, you have to, yeah, you have to go with what the word of God says over your life, not a, not the situation you were handed. I could sit here. I could honestly sit here and whine that I never had a college fund, that a lot of other kids had a college fund to go to to school with. I never had that. I never was had that opportunity. I could make excuses for that. I could make excuses on why I couldn't get a better education, get a better job. But instead, I turn that around. I work hard. I found a job, and now I'm making money that I would have with a degree. Yeah, it's people, all. Yeah. People have a lot of excuses mm-hmm. and why they don't get ahead in life, but the ones who don't make excuses and just go after that yeah. very thing that they want to see accomplished will get it accomplished because. They won't have excuses. Yeah. And they won't make any. Yeah. 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 You can't make excuses in your life. Joseph could have made excuses. He was a convicted rapist in a foreign land. He was a slave, a convicted rapist, and in prison. Yeah. I don't know anyone else who ever could have recovered from that. You've never seen someone, like, ever in the history recover from that. But God says, I'm not done with you. You did, I, and I'm going to promote you. God did that very thing. And he turned a whole nation around. God wants to do that same thing with you. Do you think God's biased? Do you think God wants to do that for Joseph only 5,000 years ago but never do it for you? Do you think God wants to do it for Abraham? He wants to pull Abraham out of his own land, bless Abraham, but never wants to do it for you? And the thing is you live in a better covenant now. You're under Jesus Christ. They didn't have that. They were under the law. And it's like what I was reading. Now that we are under Jesus Christ and heirs of the and sons of God, we no longer are slaves to sin. We're no longer slaves to this world. How the world operates, 
we no longer operate in. We operate at a different system. We operate about what God says about us and what God says we are. So that's why it's important. What does God call you? What does God want you to be? Who does God want you to be? And you have to decipher for yourself. Does God want me to be here on my life or does God want me to be ahead? No matter how life was, you have to make up your mind. I want to be the best me. And I want to do good things for God. And that's when you, your life will change around. When you stop looking at me and my problem and start looking and focusing on how I can be someone else's fixer for their problem and get ahead in life. And I can do this to make money. I can do this to bring in income. I can do this for my family and start thinking like how God wants you to think. Your life turns around. Yeah. I had to do that. She had to do that. I, I mean, yeah, these principles were things that my parent taught me, parents taught me. But I still had things that I could have said, I never grew up this way. You still have a choice. No, you still have a choice. I mean, there are people that are more privileged than I am. I'm not saying I had a bad life. But again, there are people that were more privileged than I am that were given college funds, that were given vehicles, that were given things at an early age that I could have made excuses that for me never having. But I didn't. You push on and you watch God bless you. And then I promise you, I will be ahead of those people that were given those things. Because I'm willing to work harder than anyone else who was given those things. You have to be willing to go past what situation you're in now and see what God has for your future. I'm going to go ahead and read a little bit more in Galatians. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave. Though he is the owner of everything... But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. And the same, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that they might receive adoptions as son. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. That is one of my favorite parts right there. He's talking about, now before this, you were slaves under the law. You could never do anything because of the law. You were under the world's system. There are many people under the world system that can never get out of the world system because they've never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But you see... Once you receive Jesus Christ, you are no longer under this world system. You are under the system of God. It's like if you look at it from an ambassador's standpoint. If you go to, and I've said this so many times, if you go to another country as an American citizen, you don't follow the same laws as that country. You are under a United States government. That's why you have embassies in other countries. You are an ambassador of Christ. The rules are different for you than other people on this earth. That is why it is important for you to know that just because someone else is sick doesn't mean I have to be sick. Just because someone else is going through this doesn't mean I have to because you aren't under the same system. You are under the world, but once you receive Jesus Christ... That thing changes for you, and now you are under a new covenant. You are under a new law, which is heirs and sons of God under God's love and protection. It changes for you. And, and that's why you see how it says it was like you were children under the world, and after that pulled out and blessed 
by God, being heirs of God, being children of God. You were adopted. It was grafted in. It was referring to the Gentiles. This is Galatians. This is uh, Roman city. It was written for the Gentiles at this time. And I don't know what I didn't. They probably were struggling with salvation because a lot of times Jews would come against Gentiles and said they say that they were the rightful heirs of Jesus Christ. Christian Jews would come against Gentiles and say, you weren't the chosen people. You weren't this. But Paul is writing here. It didn't matter. That's how the old covenant was. But now, once you receive Jesus Christ, you are heirs under his kingdom. You are heirs under his authority. It changes. You've got Acts 10 right there, don't you? Yeah. Where it talks about how God like allows salvation for everyone. God is no respecter of persons. God is no yeah. respecter. Yeah. And it was that time where Peter went to Cornelius' house and all of that. But Acts 10.34, it says, Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is That's right. Good. That's good. Can you read that one more time? Then Peter, I'm going to read it in a different version. What version did you have? That was NLT. Oh. Opening his mouth, Peter said, Most certainly, I understand now that God is not one to show partiality to people as though Gentiles were excluded from God's blessing. But in every nation, the person who fears God and does what is right by seeking him is acceptable and welcomed by him. That is so good. Even Peter was biased towards Gentiles and saying that he didn't even think they were worthy of receiving God's blessing. But he said once God, he realized mm -hmm. that God was not a respecter of person and did not show favoritism, that he went after the people that sought him the most. That is so yeah. good. God blesses those who seek him the most. Why do you think you see... I'm going to use this as an example. Africa. David Oyedepo, Enoch Adeboye. You look at these two men of God with some of the biggest churches. People could say it's because it's done in Africa. That would be harder than planning a church in America. You have governments that hate you. You have th people that want to shut you down. You have Muslims that burn down your churches. That is a lot harder than being an American pastor. People want to say that stuff only happens in Africa, but that's not true at all. They had a hunger for God. They were humble enough and exalted God more than anyone else around them. So God took them and used them. And why do you think David Oedepo or Enoch Adeboya, I'm going to use him because I remember a story that Enoch Adeboya said. And, and this is what I really find interesting. Enoch Adeboya and his wife at one point were sitting home at their house. And the only thing they had was, I think, a mango and, and a little bit of nuts. And they had to divide that amongst themselves for dinner. And they said that was like the first time they ate in two days. And he said they never complained about their situation. That night, is when he said, God gave me a revelation of what he wanted for me. And he said that night, him and his wife pictured the food that they would be eating 10 years from now. And they imagined a turkey dinner. They imagined things that us Americans take for granted. That they would have all of this stuff. That they would be eating good food. That they would have this to drink. And they start imagining the things that God was going to do for them. What do you think happened those 10 years after that? They were eating the things that they said they were going to be eating. They were having the things that they said they were going to be having. David Oyodepo saw a man pull up in a Rolls Royce in Africa. And he, and he, was, he couldn't even afford shoes as a preacher. 
And he looked and said, one day I'm going to have one of those cars. And the guy with him said, you can't even afford the shoes you're wearing. I'm having to buy you your shoes. What makes you think you're going to be able to drive that? He didn't back down from that. Well, I guess you're right. I guess it's just not God's will. No, he said, no, I'm going to have that one day. And guess what? He's driving a Rolls Royce in this day and age. God wants to take you to a new level, but it all depends on what you're going to do. And putting aside excuses, putting aside what you thought was true, and saying, I'm believing this, I'm believing the promise of God. And I was listening, we were listening to Teddy today, um, Brother Ted Shuttlesworth, talk about death and life. And how anything, and it talk, he talked about um, giving an evil report. Mm-hmm. How the um, Israelite, the ten spies gave an evil report. He said, "Any." He said, "You know what an evil report is? An evil report is anything that does not line up with the word of God." Yeah. And he said, "There are many Christians today. There are many people today that give an evil report because they speak the opposite." Of what the Bible says about their situation. He said that's why at the very beginning of this COVID thing. He said my healings don't carry sickness and disease. They cure sickness and disease. You have to be the person that decides. Am I going to believe the word of God for what it is? Or am I going to. There's no in between point. You can't be stuck in the middle between this. You have to make a choice. Am I going to believe what the word of God says? Speak the word of God. No matter the criticism. No matter if someone tells me I can't afford my own shoes. I want to have that car later on. People may be laughing and ridiculing ridiculing you, but are you going to believe what the Bible says and what God says? They were going to kill Joshua and Caleb because of the very things that they had said. But you have to say, what am I going to believe? The word of God, the truth of God, what God says about me, or the lie of man and make excuses about my situation that will keep you put down. And why do you think God cursed the Israelites? It's because of the very words that they had spoke against themselves. They made excuses for their situation, and they were put back in their place. God said, okay, you said that, fine, you won't go into the land. And, and the thing that caught me really hard is I always wondered, even when I was younger, is how God took, like how those same people that saw God operate in Egypt, because it wasn't years of time, this was two months, how those same people, and it just boggles me, how the same people that saw the ten plagues in Egypt, and the waters parting, the Red Sea parting, could come out of that, seeing God bring them out of slavery, completely and wiping an Egyptian army away. How that they could go from that point to worshiping an idol, and then to speak against the promise of God himself after he had already completed more than half of what he gave them. It boggles me. And it makes me wonder what was going on. But then you see today, with Christianity... We see how people get saved. People receive Jesus Christ. They are set free from the very, they were set free from sin. They were set free from the Egyptian. But then they never believed God for the rest of the promise. It's the same thing today. The only difference is it's in a spiritual version, not in a physical sense. How we can believe God for our salvation. We can believe God to get us out of Egypt, to bring us out of sin. But we can never believe God for the things that he promised us in the word of God. And instead, we speak against him because we don't believe him. You're, as a believer, and this is, I'm going to end right here. As a believer, you have to make a choice on whether you're going to speak what the Bible says, or you're going to have to make a decision to completely go the other way and be like an Israelite and say, I'm not going to believe that.
You have to make a choice. And I want you to be the person that says, I'm going to say what the Word of God says. I'm going to believe what the Word of God says. And I'm not going to make excuses about my situation. But instead, I'm going to fully trust in God. And even maybe today, and this is what I'm going to close out with. Maybe you've sat here and listened and said, you know, I've never received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. These promises that you're talking about, you're still a child of the world. You're maybe seeing your life go run amok because you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're still tied into the same bondages of the world. But I can tell you today that if you give your heart to Jesus Christ, those things can break off of your life just as easily as they came on your life. You may have not had a decision as who you were born as, but you have a decision to change this very moment in your life now and make a history for God. So if that's you and you want to make a history for God and you want your life to be different than where it is now, I want you to say this prayer. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Jesus, I thank you that you died for me and that you're coming back again for me. Jesus, I thank you that I'm saved, I'm born again, and I'm on my way to heaven. Because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. And the second thing, just as I talked about, how you're going to have to make a decision between following what God's word says or following what the world says, I want to pray for you today that God would give you a boldness to stand on the whole word of God, no matter the criticism, no matter the obstacles, that you will believe what the word of God says. Joshua and Caleb were about to be stoned for what they said. But that didn't make them back down. God intervened on their behalf. And they were the only two that were able to go in. You will be criticized. You will be condemned for the things you say that come from the word of God. But you have to make your decision. Am I going to believe it and watch my life prosper? Or am I going to come against the word of God? The Bible says... It is better to be enemies with the world and a friend of God than to be an enemy of God than friends with the world. I think that comes from 1 John. You have to make a decision. What am I going to believe? Will I believe the word of God? Or will I believe the, what man tells me? Or will I just appease man because I don't want to offend? And if you are here today and that hits you and you say, I want to believe the full word of God, I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to bless you. Lord, right now, I pray for every person that's watching this broadcast that maybe they're tired of being topsy-turvy. They're tired of swaying one side to the other on the things of God, that they want to fully believe your word and what your word says. I pray for a boldness, and I pray for a faith to come upon their life to where they will speak what the word of God says and not allow anything else in, that we will see Christians rise up that will take their rightful place, that will take their place of authority, and see God use them to the greatest ability that they can be used. I thank you for every person watching, and I thank you, God, that you will use every person in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you, and we thank you for joining us, and we hope you got something from this. Bye. Bye.